0: Hi guys!
1: Hi guys!
0: Welcome back! Welcome to Kawaii cast. <laughs> I or, am... Or
1: thanks for joining us for the first time.
0: Yeah, whatever. I'm Candace. I'm Tyler. And look, we're getting better about introducing ourselves. It's almost like we're grown-ups.
1: Uh, you take that back. I am the farthest from a grown-up that a 30-year-old man can be.
0: Yeah, so almost. Okay. <laughs> So, uh,
1: you said we had some news that we missed?
0: Yeah, so last week I mentioned that we had a ton of news, and then I, like, kept stumbling over my own brain and forgot a few things, and I was like, I knew there was something that I was forgetting, and I couldn't think of it. And then it occurred to me, literally the day that our episode went up, and that was Demon Slayer is wrapped up.
1: Oh yeah, huh.
0: Yeah, the manga is now completely finished. Uh not to great reviews unfortunately I have not finished it I'm probably about 10 chapters behind but yeah unfortunately the ending was very very rushed a lot of it due to personal reasons from the mangaka she uh, mentioned that she had to go back home because of her family and she even mentioned that this has been something that's been issue for a while and she was actually considering giving up her career as a manga artist for a long time and wanted to at least wrap up the series before she made that kind of decision. So, yeah, unfortunately, it's not quite the ending that she wanted, but from a writer who wrote an entire series about giving up, you know, your dreams and your life for family, it definitely seems pretty fitting that that would be her reason for going out yeah makes sense so i i do hope people continue to support it and i can't wait for the anime to get to that point so we can relive this entire shit show from the fan base
1: (laughs) right um i've got a couple things okay i mean not really big deal uh
0: you have a howling cat
1: i know i always do uh so the quintessential quintuplets anime is getting a smartphone puzzle game Mm -hmm. i thought that was interesting because i think it's already based off a visual novel or something i can't remember it's it's crazy
0: for some reason i thought quintessential quintuplets was based off of a dating sim.
1: yeah visual novel
0: Oh, yeah, okay. More that.
1: more often than not, that's what a visual novel is. It's like a dating sim.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. For some reason, uh, I was thinking light novel when you said visual novel. <laughs> Didn't associate the <laughs> yeah. words with the actual thing you were talking about.
1: And then the other one that I thought you might enjoy... I'm, I'm scrolling down to find it here real fast. Was... Uh, Madhouse and Monster Strike have a... They've they've started a collaboration on a short anime film. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, I don't have much details on what it'll be about and stuff, but I figure Madhouse is one of your favorite studios, so you might enjoy knowing that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to see what they're able to come up with. So, uh, we also got a few new updated, uh, release dates, such as, uh, that time I got reincarnated as a slime has been pushed back to 2021, and a few others. There's so many at this point. Yeah. That was the one that stuck up for me, because one, I saw that update today, and two i kind of forgot that one was getting a new season this year so <laughs> as much as i love that time i got reincarnated as a slime i for some reason in my brain it was still a year away anyway so
1: no for reals i was thinking the same <laughs> thing because i saw that earlier and i was like i thought it was already scheduled for january 2021 yeah. <laughs>
0: So yeah, that didn't affect me as much. And then a bit on the sadder news, I know that we are trying to avoid sad news, but one of the voice actors from Pokemon recently passed due to COVID. Yeah. So. And then a little bit on the more positive news, the arsonist responsible for the KyoAni fire... The
1: KyoAni fire. They finally uh, got arrested.
0: Yep. Uh, apparently... Yeah, uh,
1: they were not able to arrest this person previously because they were injured during their their arson and so they were in the hospital and then the pandemic hit and so they weren't able to arrest them during that but but now that uh japan has lifted some of the the quarantine orders and whatnot they they were able to go and arrest that guy
0: yep so that's good yeah (laughs) So yeah, uh with that, I think that's all the news that I have this week, but I would definitely forgot something and I would definitely bring it up next week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Every time.
0: Every time. We're always a week behind. First the Inayasha thing, then the Demon Slayer thing, then who what will it be next? Stay tuned right. for week old news.
1: It's like uh, You heard those it here old, last those- it's like those old Dragon Ball Z uh, previews. Like, will Candice ever be up to date on her anime news? Will Tyler ever <laughs> be able to say a sentence correctly without stumbling? This and
0: more next time on Hawaii Cast. We have a following. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, there actually was one more thing that I want to mention. Uh, I will update this on the Twitter page as well. But one of the artists that I've been following for a year recently got approved for her webcomic to be featured on Webtoons. That's awesome. Yeah, so I, I retweeted this on my personal Twitter, but I will retweet it on the Kawaii Cast Twitter as well. It is called Messenger to Kavura. And... I just really wanted to do this shout out because, like I said, I've been following this artist for a year. They're just an absolutely amazing person, and they've been working on this series since long before I started following them. And it just looks gorgeous. And this like, artist and writer is very similar to me in their tastes. They really love deep, character-driven stories uh, that involve people who are very passionate about their interests, and so I am very, very excited about the series and with webtoons becoming more and more relevant in the anime scene i figured it was a good time to kind of send them some attention and love
1: yeah uh what what was the name of that series again
0: uh i have to pull it back up it's sorry uh, messenger to gavura
1: all right yeah. I'll never remember it, but, you know, now it's recorded, so someone but should be able to... <laughs> I
0: will retweet it, so you can just go look at the Twitter.
1: That I can.
0: And you could retweet it yourself, too, so. Also, All right. uh, if you guys do see the tweet, go show the artist some love. They are uh, they're a Chinese-based artist, and they're just one of the sweetest people on my Twitter consistently, so... Uh, Alright,
1: uh, with that, or is that everything?
0: That's everything, I promise. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so. uh, and with that, what, what are we going to be talking about this week?
0: So you'll remember a few weeks ago, I made you talk about something and do homework for something that you didn't particularly care about, and you voiced your opinions on being disgruntled about the fact that I came up with a theme for an episode that you didn't like. So I figured... It's
1: it's not that I didn't like it. I didn't like having to do homework for it. (laughs) That was my issue.
0: So I figured I would give you a week where you get to be the expert for once.
1: Oh, that is very much a bad idea. I am (laughs) not expertly at anything.
0: You expertly will do this episode, I hope. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Have you met me? Too many times, unfortunately. Uh, (laughs) So this week I figured we would talk about a genre that you boast a lot about on the show and why it's so successful and why they keep making shows for this genre and why people aren't tired of it yet, I guess. And I know you guys are thinking Isekai, but no, close, uh, harem.
1: Uh, Which sometimes go hand in hand.
0: Sometimes they do, yeah. (laughs) Nothing says this is going to be a harem like some vanilla guy getting sent to another world.
1: Uh, You mean Sword Art Online?
0: Yeah. (laughs) But I really did kind of want to tackle this subject seriously, because it's something that I've been thinking a lot about is kind of how the series became built up to the tropes that it has, and why people never seem to get sick of it.
1: Well, to an extent.
0: Yeah. I think it really is interesting, because I think a lot of people think, like, oh, people only like harem because it's a bunch of cute or sexy girls, so what's there not to like? But I do think there's more to it than that, because there's a lot of harems that just focus on that, that aren't successful so you do have to kind of find a certain balance to it, I guess.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And harems have changed. They're, they're less about the fan service and stuff and, and more about the relationships with the girls. Like, in in past harem anime, it was almost always like, you know face full of tits uh panty shots you know that kind of thing whereas you know with with recent harem anime like Quintessential Quintuplets or uh what was that other one uh Boku Ben like it's it's definitely more about the like connecting with the girls
0: yeah and I think there are harems of the past that were like that as well. Probably one of the more popular ones being uh, Tenshi Muyo, which is not a series that has aged well at all. It has
1: not aged well, um, and it did also have its fair share of, you know, face in tits and panty shots.
0: Yeah, most of the fan service was the fact that they would have full-blown scenes and conversations in the hot spring, but... I mean, as far as connecting with the characters, it really did set kind of some of the earliest paths for that as fans really did genuinely care about the characters. And not all of the girls were equally liked. And some of the relationships were very, very much disliked. Yeah. Like, as I recall, everybody wanted him to end up with a Ryukyo and literally nobody wanted him to end up with the princess
1: <laughs> yeah
0: and then all the other girls kind of felt like they were kind of thrown in there just randomly like none just of them really kind of
1: to cause drama
0: yeah none of them really seemed as interested in him so much as they just were there for chaos <laughs> yeah it really did just come down to the two main girls but then you had tension. Well, I mean,
1: that's that's kind of the basis of the, the harem anime is is there's usually two main girls that are like the 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 waifu wars, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: And then there's the other ones that don't get as much attention but usually have a, a fairly decent fan base.
0: Yeah. Tenshi also lost all credibility in I recall the Tenshi to Tokyo series where he moved to Tokyo and he found a girl he actually liked and he started dating her. And that caused more problems. Because it erased the harem element of the show and it yeah. Like I except the series not it's not aged well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At all. <laughs> but It kind of plays into one of the more popular tropes of the series and the reason I brought it up is I've noticed that one of the biggest surviving tropes of harems is that each girl kind of plays a different role in the main character's life. Uh, The two most popular being the uh, tsundere or the hyper angry girl who is a bit more dominating and has a bit more of a bitter personality versus the childhood friend
1: uh, so so I'm gonna just throw in I, I think there's a third one there there's mm-hmm. the the girl that actively shows that she is interested in the the protagonist but because you know various different reasons she doesn't just say it.
0: Yeah, I think Ryukiya would fit there, actually. Yeah. And the princess was definitely the childhood friend, but she was also kind of bitter. Yeah. Yeah. But I think those are the characters that really survived the most. There's also the girl that the protagonist does have feelings for, like, either in the beginning or later on. And usually that's the girl that's the popular one who would actually bolster his status.
1: Uh, half the time it's also the girl next door. It's yeah. like half the time it's it's the popular girl the other half the time it's the girl next door type.
0: Yeah and the important thing about all these tropes and the reasons why they've survived for so long is they kind of represent different needs that people have when they're dating or trying to find a partner very early in their life. Uh, The girl next door represents this sense of comfort. It's Familiarity, It's nostalgia. The popular girl is status. The girl next door is... That one's a little harder I, I think, to say, but...
1: I thought you said the girl next door already.
0: No, the childhood friend is the first one I said.
1: Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh Herder.
0: Yeah, the tsundere represents somebody who wants you specifically and I would say the same thing with the girl that is open about their feelings but can't say it those are both tropes of I'm actually attractive and appealing and people actually want me there's just some force causing them to not say it out loud which is something Uh, that I think a lot of people especially when they're younger kind of hope for more so guys than girls girls don't like that (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, so with the tsundere uh, I, I would think that would be more like representative of like uh, the how you have to actively work to get their attention you know it's mm-hmm. it's um, I guess some people in the dating scene would say it's like the, the hunt versus whatever which I think is a stupid way of putting it but it's kind of the easiest way to think about it is, like, you have to really work to get them to like you.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, like, I, like I said, you're obviously more the expert on this than I am. But. <laughs> but yeah, and I think typically the person that everybody chooses, like, their favorite girl is usually the one that you seek the most out of a relationship. Whatever trope they fall into. So it's almost like a personality test. It's like those buzzfeed quizzes
1: it's true that's we- why me and Stefana <laughs> always pick different girls
0: <laughs> we can guess your age by determining which sundere you like
1: oh god
0: <laughs> <laughs> so which trope is tyler's favorite
1: i'm not gonna say It's not tsundere, I can tell you that. I
0: know it's not tsundere. (laughs) Um, If I had to venture a guess, I would say it's the girl next door.
1: Ping pong. (laughs) I knew it. Yeah. You got me. It's... I don't know, I just... They're precious, okay? Like, the girl next door and, like, the childhood friend, who are sometimes the same one, they're just- they're so good, okay? Come on, guys.
0: (laughs) I do like the childhood friend trope a lot, and a lot of my ships usually fall into the childhood friend category.
1: The childhood friend is just- it's so cute, and, (laughs) like, I don't know why, but I just adore it, okay?
0: Harem anime or shipping wars for guys. You can't change my mind. You're not wrong. <laughs> so what's Stefan's trope?
1: Um, that's a good question.
0: He's going pale listening to this and knowing it.
1: <laughs> right.
0: He's doing that thing where his face is all scrunched up, but he's just like, I just can't right now. All right, I can't with y'all. <laughs> he's,
1: he's got the one teardrop rolling down his face. Y'all suck. <laughs> or the, the one sweat drop
0: <laughs> and yes Stefan it really does ask the question are are we saying this all in advance knowing that you're going to be listening or are is the audio changing just depending on your reaction to it
1: tune in next time for a live call you cast <laughs> no please god that would be awful <laughs>
0: that would be awful I think we tried that once no we tried that a few times never worked out yeah, yeah. I, we did that at cons which was fine
1: yeah, that's fine.
0: Yeah, I particularly enjoy it at Bonsai, but that's also because we have like a live audience to react to.
1: It's it's different when you have uh, when you get reactions from an audience.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, but back to the subject hand. Uh. Probably the only harem I can think of I've watched in recent times was uh, Are you the only girl who likes me? Which was kind of funny, because it started off as, like, an anti-harem.
1: It started off as an absolute parody of the harem trope anime.
0: But then it kind of turned into a harem anime. Yeah,
1: and then it kind kind of turned itself into a harem anime.
0: Yeah, and I think that was the series that got me thinking about this whole genre, because... That was one that I felt like I was kind of tricked into watching, because the initial premise of it. So I was a little bit bitter about it.
1: Yeah, I still haven't finished it. I don't know if I will, because it was great at first. It was absolutely hilarious, seeing, like, these these parodies of, like, hey, this, you know, this is a stupid interaction, like, you know, and and then they just, they changed it, and they're like, oh, well now everyone's in love with the main character again.
0: Yeah, which that whole thing got me thinking, is it even possible to create a parody of harem series without it turning into what it's trying to parody? Because the problem was that the conflict of being a anti-harem was resolved by episode two. And I felt like if they had stretched out that whole plot, for any longer, it would have lost interest in a completely different way. So I think its best saving grace was the fact that it turned itself into a harem, because I think that's the only way the story could have continued. But is there a way to do it without it feeling awful? And Um, that brought me to Konosuba.
1: I, I think it would be tough, but now that you mention it, yes, Konosuba.
0: Because <laughs> if there's any kind of anti-harem, it's Konosuba.
1: It, okay, if there's any kind of anti-anything, it's Konosuba.
0: <laughs> Why is Konosuba the best anti-story ever made? Uh,
1: I don't know, it just is.
0: But the reason it works is because I think Aqua, Megumin, Darkness, and... uh the other various girls that you meet throughout the series all do fit into these tropes very well. And it would be really easy to just be like oh, they all secretly have feelings for Kazuma but in reality all of them are horrified at the idea of being with Kazuma. Except for maybe darkness? <laughs> I uh, think-
1: so, so, so as someone who's up to date on the English versions of the the light novels on that uh it seems megumin actually does like kazuma darkness just likes the the way he treats her i guess <laughs> like i don't think she actually likes him and it, the way he like himself yeah but like the way that he abuses her
0: yeah the character that he puts on
1: Yeah, and then Aqua is, yeah, pretty much absolutely disgusted by it.
0: Yeah, so they really kind of, like, initially they feel like they fit into these tropes, but then they actually fall into the exact opposite of the tropes. And they all kind of like him for reasons that aren't actually him. Yeah. Or, in the case of Aqua, she's the tsundere that actually does genuinely hate him.
1: Uh, I don't think she hates him, but she definitely doesn't see him as, like uh a a prospective sexual partner
0: can we now from now on refer to aqua as the anti tsundere
1: the anti tsundere
0: yep because she absolutely is
1: yeah she really is
0: well and then you have situations like visual novels which pull the whole thing more into the player's perspective we're talking about how everybody picks their favorite based off what they kind of want out of a romantic relationship, but visual novels put you in the front seat of that, because instead of having a vanilla protagonist, they have you! Congratulations!
1: Congratulations!
0: You are a vanilla protagonist. And this has been parodied pretty well as well. Uh, Probably the most popular example of this being Doki Doki Literature Club. (laughs) Where instead of trying to seek an answer that will get you the girl of your dream, you're just trying not to release literal hell into the world.
1: Uh what's what's the meme on that? It's it's always Monica it's or always something.
0: Monica. Yeah. Uh yeah, I need to finish that game.
1: <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> I don't think you've gotten to the bad parts yet.
0: No, I have not. I've actually It'd still be a blind playthrough for me. I've actually avoided spoilers pretty well, to be honest. Yeah,
1: I like I keep seeing some stuff that I want to share of it, but then I'm like, Oh, I don't want to spoil this for Candace <laughs> So So I have to like No. Don't touch that button.
0: Yeah, I've been spoiled by a couple things, but nothing like it's all like pieces and fragments. It's nothing that would actually like affect my gameplay of it, so Yeah yeah so i i do still need to finish it but i think that's a really really good example of parroting harems because again it uses that same sense of these are familiar tropes these are familiar familiar characteristics that we all know even people who don't like harems know these but then it turns it on its head one that i think they really tried to do that and it was more comical than anything was actually the uh colonel sanders kfc dating simulator
1: (laughs) oh that was fantastic though are you kidding me
0: that game is absolutely fantastic but it felt like it was written by people that think they know the tropes but don't yeah like it kind of felt like a lot of the writers behind it were like this is anime right and it's like no literally no anime or dating sim is like this
1: literally every anime and dating sim yeah
0: it's like i don't know it it felt like it was definitely written by people on the outside looking in as opposed to people on the inside but it's still absolutely fantastic and it's still 10 out of 10 a recommendation
1: yeah if what's what's the game called i forget
0: uh it's like i love you colonel sanders or something
1: that's it something like that uh, go check it out, guys. It's it's a short playthrough, I think.
0: Yeah, it's really short.
1: But it's so fantastic. It's
0: so fantastic. Uh, we definitely need to do a playthrough of it for Cracked Brain.
1: Yeah.
0: We're not even sponsored by a KFC. Could you imagine if we were sponsored by a KFC? Uh,
1: bucket of chicken every night.
0: Right? Get me some pot pie. That's,
1: that's, that's how they could bribe me. Just, mm-hmm. like... Hey, if, if you want a sponsorship, just, just say our name and we'll give you a free bucket of KFC every week.
0: We just need to get uh, sponsored by La Puente for Smothered Burritos.
1: Yes, for reals.
0: We can't spend $6 on our own burritos. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so I think as far as the tropes go, they're pretty well known even to mainstream audiences. But I don't think people really dive deep into why it's still successful, why it still works. I mean, the tropes from the eighties and nineties are still as relevant then as they are now.
1: Well, I th- I think part of it is because uh most of the time the the protagonist is set as like we said earlier, kind of a self insert. Mm. Mm-hmm you know so so the people get to imagine like hey this is this is what it would be like for me and you know it's 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 just that kind of mentality
0: yeah but you think like it would have evolved a little bit over time like at least the tropes would have but they really haven't i think one that almost kind of shifted the genre a bit and was pretty successful in doing so and even went on the verge of monster waifus was uh dragon maid
1: oh yeah yeah i guess
0: uh I don't yeah miss kobayashi's dragon maids was,
1: I, I, I don't know if i'd call that a harem i mean okay. it kind of is i guess
0: it played a lot into harem tropes even if it itself is it not a harem yeah And I kind of liked that because as opposed to just being like the which one will she end up with, it was more just seeing these characters kind of naturally in their own environment without all pursuing the main protagonist.
1: It was just like, oh, hey, look at all of these cute waifus.
0: Yeah, it was like, what if we put all of these tropes into an environment where they're not all going after the same person, but just living their lives and acting like people? And the audience could still appreciate them. Yeah. Yeah, and I liked that a lot, actually. I still need to finish that anime. But
1: I was going to say, have you even watched uh, Kobayashi's Dragon Maid?
0: A few episodes. Okay. Yeah. I mostly know it through the memes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's fair. And, also, the opening is great.
0: Yeah, And mostly just based off of the popularity of the franchise in general. It was one of those that even if you hadn't watched it, you knew about it.
1: Oddly enough, it doesn't have a lot of merch, though.
0: It doesn't, which I'm really surprised on, because that series was ridiculously popular. Especially among cosplayers.
1: Then again, I think, um, because it's a KyoAni, uh, production, they don't have a lot of merch for a lot of their shows.
0: Violet Evergarden got a good amount of merch.
1: Did it? Mm-hmm. Oh.
0: So, but that one was also licensed through Netflix, so that might have had okay. something to do with it.
1: Yeah, maybe they were spending I'm just Netflix Netflix because bucks. it doesn't. It just doesn't seem like you see a lot of stuff for like uh, Haruhi. You don't see a lot of stuff for like K on. You know, you you kind of <laughs> see some here and there, but it's not plastered everywhere like other series.
0: You used to see a lot of stuff for free when it first came out.
1: Uh was that Kyoani?
0: Yep, that's KyoAni.
1: Damn.
0: yeah. It was one of their most popular franchises. You don't see yeah. a lot of stuff for it now though.
1: No, it's free has died down.
0: Yeah, which is a shame because I think its latest season was actually free at its best to be honest. Yeah. I, think, I think the second season was at its worst and even that wasn't a bad season. It was just a bit controversial that one had a lot of ships in it
1: <laughs> all of the ships
0: that one wasn't quite harem though that was more just it could have easily fallen into a gay harem I think because the main protagonist was definitely the most villain or vanilla human being to ever exist he basically was just flesh that liked to live in water he had the personality of a tilapia <laughs>
1: Uh, So he just sat at the bottom of the pool and came up
0: for food? You have no idea how accurate that is. (laughs) (laughs) The opening sequence is literally him in his bathtub, only getting out because he needs to eat.
1: (laughs) Uh, Okay. He does get a lot
0: of personality in the latest season, but yeah, the, the first season was just how do we make him like things? And then the second season was, who is he gonna end up with? And then the third season was, what is he going to do with his life? And... Yeah.
1: <laughs> when, one day he'll build himself a cocoon and then turn into what he's always wished, a tilapia.
0: He <laughs> was gonna say, raise the butterfly, so be careful. <laughs> Yeah, everybody puts his personality as a dolphin, and I'm like, nah, he's a tilapia.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> he's so boring. Dolphin,
1: dolphins are intelligent. No, I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> he's, he's not dumb. He's just boring. He's just boring. He's so boring. He's the most boring protagonist ever. So, yeah, Free could have easily become a gay harem series, but they didn't go that route because. Uh, I don't think. Girls are as interested in that stuff.
1: Uh, not so much. I I don't think
0: we would rather be at each other's throats over shipping wars. Yeah. And usually we don't like to pit all of them with one character. Usually we like to spread it out. Like this character A should be with B and C should be with D. And if you think B and C should be together, you can jump off a bridge. Yeah, that's that's how girls ship.
1: Okay, but more often than not, like, with the harem wars, it's, it's usually arguing, like, oh, the protagonist should end up with this person, and, like, no one really ever says that, oh, the protagonist should just harem all of them.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and I, I wasn't trying to imply that they do, but usually they're, the remaining girls just kind of get left out yeah where with shipping wars we tend to try to make sure everybody has a partner by the end of it we're just like everybody gets out of this with somebody
1: yeah i think uh there's there's few anime a uh, harem anime where they actually try to do the harem uh to love rue is actually one of them mm-hmm. one of the the girls is like oh yeah don't worry i'm gonna help you build your harem with all of these girls yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know a lot of franchises where the end goal is to end up with all of them. Uh There's the one I for the life me can't forget. I think it's High School DxD. That's the one where he knows he's in a harem anime and is that's like his goal.
1: Uh I, I think so.
0: Yeah, he his goal wasn't to find love. His goal was to literally end up in a harem.
1: It's Yeah that sounds about right (laughs)
0: that's that's your dream man you live your dream as long as nobody's getting hurt like
1: yeah as long as as nobody gets hurt
0: yeah live your best life man you do you and her and her and her and her apparently but uh
1: (laughs) uh depending on on some of them uh some of the girls will do him.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: like like with Monster Musume, and uh, I believe her name is Arachne,
0: mm-hmm.
1: something like that. Yeah, she's definitely the aggressor in that relationship.
0: Yeah, Monster Musume is an interesting one.
1: Uh, Monster Musume is the reason that so many people refer to the D and D Monster Manual as the waifu catalog.
0: Yeah, I feel like there was an older one that really started the monster genre, but I I can't think of what it was. It was kind of ahead of its time and it was a little less popular.
1: Um If you remember the name, I'll I'll be able to tell you. I it's escaping me too.
0: Yeah, for the life of me, I cannot think of it. I was thinking about it earlier today when I was doing like my research for this episode and that one came across my things to talk about and I Completely forgot to jot it down, apparently. Oops. Yep. But yeah, I, I know that the monster genre started a lot sooner, but it didn't really become popular into Monster Musume.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think a lot of the ones earlier were really kind of afraid to be, like, monster and harem. <laughs> they were like, we should really do one or the other.
1: Let's let's not try to combine too many genres here, guys.
0: Oh, I remember what it was. I can't remember the name of it, but it never got an anime adaptation. Uh, it was written by the same author as Fairy Tale, and it came out around the same time as Fairy Tale. But instead of all the characters being wizards, they were monsters. Like the main girl was like a golem, and one of the other main girls was like a mummy. And didn't quite venture into the harem trope, but it was venturing into the HE trope the same way that Fairy Fairytale did, where a lot of it turned into... I can not know which one you're
1: talking about, but yeah, the name is escaping me too.
0: Yeah, a lot of it turned into pointless shipping, and then that series got discontinued because Fairy Fairytale became more popular, and the writer was like, I should really only focus on one series right now. And then he went out of his way to pit his fans against each other on who Natsu should end up with, and then he ended the series with Natsu ending up with nobody. So...
1: That's what happens.
0: <laughs> this is a Chad move right there. But um, which is funny cuz all the other ships like became canon, but like neither of Natsu's ships became canon, which was amazing. Right. This fairy tale did not end well.
1: <laughs> oh, poor Fairy tale.
0: That one was another one that really easily could have gone the harem route, but I think the writer held back cuz he didn't really want to fall into that category. Instead, he wanted to remain classy and just have the girls constantly lose their clothes.
1: (laughs) I mean, what is classier (laughs) than having the girls lose all their clothes in every episode?
0: Yeah, basically. But yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I, I think there's a lot of series that you could find snippets of these tropes, but they never really fall into the genre, either because they held back or they were trying to focus the series in a different direction but i think one of the more interesting things i really want to talk about before we end the episode today is i wanted to talk about reverse harems and how they differ from the harem genre
1: yeah so things like fruits basket uh fushigi yugi Mm -hmm. yeah kind of thing
0: exactly and i mentioned before that like the Genre is not necessarily popular among uh, straight girls because a lot of times we go into shipping wars as opposed to wanting everybody to end up with the same person. And a lot of that also plays to the fact that a lot of women don't tend to self-insert into series the way that men do. And that's a generalization, but for the most part that is how series have been targeting their audiences. And so you look at things like High Host Club and Fruits Basket in particular, and in both cases the girl actually... While she might be a little bit bland in some cases, usually she actually does have quite a bit of personality. Uh, Toru's personality is very focused around her kindness, her wifeliness. She definitely is kind of a healer in the group and... Or in High Host Clubs, Haruhi is very intelligent, very down-to-earth, she's a bit of a tomboy, and she was way ahead of her time. Oh my god. Yeah. And the thing that both series have in common is that typically it's the guys who have the conflicting issues. They all, instead of having them have tropes, like you do with normal harems and the girls... The guys have some kind of conflict that they need to resolve, something about them that they don't like about themselves or something from their past that's troubling them. In I mean the, that's
1: that's relatable. I don't like anything about myself.
0: Yeah. In the case of Fruits Basket we were talking about this last week, each of them had some level of post traumatic stress disorder or depression or something like that. And in each scenario it's Toru who heals them of these plates even cases like the doctor who is suffering from the idea that he'll never find love again because he hurt the woman he did love does kind of reflect these feelings onto Toru and so as opposed to Toru just being some bland self-insert she sits as kind of this pillar of light for each of the characters to be drawn to and then in the case of Oran High Host Club haruhi is seen as this abstract concept for the boys at first it starts off as just kind of a gag that she's poor and they're rich and they don't know how poor people live but as it develops they it is revealed that each of them do have some kind of internal problem something about themselves that they wish they could change but they can't talk about it or act on it because it's not what people of their class would do. Because they're rich, they're not seen as people of feelings. They're seen as objects of higher status. And Haruhi doesn't see any of them that way. She sees them as her friends, as the people she spends every afternoon with. Sometimes she sees them as jerks. And through that... Sometimes
1: they are jerks, okay?
0: <laughs> yeah. And through like... that...
1: Sh- like, my sister was watching that the other day, and and I kind of went upstairs and, you know, caught a moment of it. But it was, like, one of those moments where the, the club president, you know, was, uh, like, the the opposing club, was is, like, the Zuka club or whatever, mm-hmm. comes, and they're like, Oh, we're gonna take Haruhi away from you, and the club president is like, No, don't you touch her, and, like, they knock him out but it's like, dude, you kind of brought it on yourself. Like, you're you're kind of being an asshole here.
0: Yeah. So I think what makes the reverse harem so interesting is that, in this case, the harem would be a group of flawed men, as opposed to a group of perfect girls. And I find that more interesting. Yeah. Because in the main harem trope, it's supposed to be the protagonist is finding the girl that will fix him that will complete his life and fill that void that he's trying to fill uh, in the reverse harem it's the opposite all, all the boys are damaged and the girl has to be the one who saves them like the girl could go on and survive on her own and not have any problems like she don't need no man but
1: so the common theme here that I'm getting is that men are broken <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes men are damaged creatures that need a woman to protect them and help them and women are strong independent and don't need no man we'd, we'd survive on our own just fine
1: it sounds about right
0: <laughs> we are thriving if anything we fall in love because we feel like it
1: and now you're just getting into yuri territory there <laughs>
0: Which is why I genuinely think Kobayashi Dragon Maid really could have been revolutionary. (laughs) (laughs) And hell, Free could have been revolutionary. But we see this a lot also in visual novels and dating sims that involve, like, men. Like, mostly it's gacha games. Like, gacha games have kind of become the equivalent of female visual novels. And a lot of popular uh, you, ones.
1: You gotta spend five ninety nine to roll seven times and have a chance to win your uh, pretty husband though
0: Exactly. That's exactly what it is too. We see it even in series where really it shouldn't be a thing. Like most of them being like either idle games where you're you're trying to gather idle boys. None of them really should be interested in dating you, but it seems to be a core mechanic. And then you have things like Token Rambu, which is about history and these boys, like, kind of confronting their past and dealing with the darker sides of who they are and where they came from. But for some reason, they throw in this, like, weird trope that each of them want to date you, the player. And it's not an element of the series I particularly like. But again, they, they find that you are the solution to them being broken. And but that's
1: in, like, gotcha games for like uh geared towards males too like i can't tell you how many times i've seen ads that are like oh have this role for this woman and she's perfect and blah 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 and yeah
0: yeah and again that common theme is the the girls are perfect the guys are broken yep and so do you think i think that's interesting I guess women are just looking for a man to fix, which isn't true in real life, but in fantasy it seems to be a common trope.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I would like to see a lot of this change, honestly, because it stops being interesting after a while, and it really is something that hasn't changed since it became a thing. Yeah, it's true. So that's why I really like things like Konosuba. It was a good example that we used where the girls are the flawed ones.
1: It just kind of threw everything on the head. I uh, well, everyone's broken in that show. Come on, let's let's be real here. Kazuma is no perfect guy either. No,
0: but if we had to choose the least broken person, it's probably Kazuma.
1: Uh if we had to pick the least broken person, it would be
0: Union. That's true. Union's. Union is
1: the best character in Konosuba.
0: She's she's flawed in the fact that nobody likes her though. She (laughs) she has no friends.
1: Oh. Poor Union. I love Union. I
0: love Union too. I really want to cosplay Union. (laughs) Do it. But yeah, like Cosmo's probably the most down to earth one and is the one who actually seems to know what he's doing most of the time and He's not a vanilla, bland protagonist. He actually has a lot of personality, most of it awful. Yeah. <laughs> and each of the girls are extremely flawed. Megamin is stubborn and pig-headed. Darkness is a lot. Aqua is <laughs> <A> lot. useless.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, I, I think that...
1: Aqua is... <laughs> She's useless. She's dumb. She's... She's... She's dumb. She's dumb. Like, like, honestly speaking, Aqua is very useful. Probably, like, the most powerful character in the series. But she's just so dumb and doesn't think of the consequences. She just causes more problems than she can fix. Yeah. And that's why she's useless.
0: And I know that... Konosuba definitely treats all of this stuff in the form of comedy, but I would actually love to see kind of this same idea be taken seriously and become something far more interesting. And honestly, if you guys have examples of shows that you feel fit that bill, please tweet them to us, because... Yeah,
1: give us us these anime recommendations.
0: Yeah, because we are seeing... Again, with webtoons becoming more popular, it is expanding to cultures outside of Japan. Kind of bringing in more new tropes and stuff like that. Things that we haven't seen before. There's a lot of media that could absolutely redefine how these genres exist. And I think this is one that has definitely been overdue for an evolution. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, not to say that it hasn't tried new things, I think quintessential quintuplets is probably one of the more unique versions. It relied less on the classic tropes and tried more to just be like, what if all these identical girls were all interested, but you had to learn who they are as people.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. and. I think that's a step in the right direction, but I I don't think we're quite there yet. And I'd also like to see maybe some gay series on this as well, because then you don't have to rely on gender or sexuality to be the determining factor on which side of the spectrum they fall on, broken or perfect.
1: Uh, I mean, in quite a few harem anime, there's also the trap character, just throwing it out there.
0: Yeah. I think that's one that's I think that one's interesting. And now that you mention it, um, that actually did bring to mind one game that actually really tried to redefine the genre and that was Catherine. Mm-hmm. So this one started off kind of with the concept of the light novel where it's like, Oh, there's two girls, one's good and one's bad. Which one will you choose? The safe or the dangerous? And in the end, it ended up being more of a moral dilemma than a romantic decision. And then they did the remake, which also introduced a character who was non binary. Or, I, I can't tell if the character is non binary or trans, but either way, it was a very unique addition to the series and added a new element to, again, the moral situation of choosing a romantic partner. And it also speaks more about the personality of the player than anything, as a lot of the questions do get very deep. Mm-hmm. And proving that, once again, Atlas is not afraid to break boundaries to tell a good story. Uh,
1: I I feel like Catherine was just a, a game set up to do, like, uh, what is it called? The, the personality test? The litmus test or whatever? Mm-hmm. That's that's all it was. Just like, here, do, do this and, and we'll judge you and we'll tell you who your perfect girl is.
0: Except there was really only three options. There was Catherine, Catherine, or Death. Yes. Yeah.
1: Except in the new remake, wasn't there Catherine, 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 or Death?
0: Uh, There was Catherine, Catherine, uh, Rin, or Death.
1: Rin, or yeah. Death. There we go.
0: Yep. <laughs> so yeah, I... I would like to see this genre be push the boundaries a lot more because honestly, Catherine was a fantastic game. I still really need to play the remake. Yeah. Remake's coming to Switch.
1: Well, now you can play it on the go.
0: Exactly. I could play it in public, which is not a good idea.
1: <laughs> uh, that's, that's about as good of an idea as playing visual novels in public. Yeah. <laughs> Interestingly enough, Nintendo has said that they are not going to censor the visual novel games that do go to the Switch.
0: They are not, which is incredible. So there you go, guys. That's the only word I can think of.
1: Play your visual novels on the go.
0: (laughs) Don't be a coward. Play Doki Doki Literature Club in public.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah.
0: Play I Love You Colonel Sanders at KFC
1: yes please
0: (laughs) we really do need to play that game
1: for reals
0: (laughs) alright with that I think we're going to go ahead and wrap up that subject Uh, I did not post a question to twitter because I wasn't really sure what to ask (laughs) Uh,
1: who's your favorite tsundere I don't fucking know
0: maybe I'll post that and answer that one next week Alright, All right. All right uh, with that we'll go ahead and let you guys go. Make sure you guys are following the Twitter page. That is uh, Pod, or go to the CrackBrain Discord and follow us there.
1: Yeah, we need to be more active over there.
0: I was gonna say, if you could post a link to the Discord in the description as well as the Twitter, that would be awesome. Uh,
1: I will see what I can do.
0: Okay, so hopefully it's in the description now, guys. If not, we'll, we'll figure it out. We're still learning.
1: We're still... <laughs> Learning is hard.
0: Yeah. So, uh, we want to thank you guys for your support, and bye!
1: Thanks for listening, guys. Bye!